Lyman, the goddamn offensive lineman who was announced lastly in that stupid, asinine, crappy, garbage, terrible production game by NFL Never. Who is the offensive lineman? Goddammit! Damn you, Travis Shaw. Meckeldorf's working from the windup tonight. Here's a pitch. That's a ball on the outside corner. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Dingo Show. Joined here by Cole and Ty. Hey, guys. Hey, Dingo. How's it going? Doing all right. As always, this is brought to you by the Quick Takes Network. If you want to get in touch with the show, drop a message on our Instagram account to quick.takes. As you know, last episode of the Dingo Show, we mixed things up a little bit. We decided to get into a little bit more of a rapid style show as opposed to the traditional Dingo Show. So we're going to stick with that again. Without further ado, this is the Quick Takes Network. Here's the bell. And let's get into it. Guys, Tom Brady has won his seventh Super Bowl as of yesterday. He, I mean, all the superlatives have been said. There's not really too much more that I can add on to it, but I want to get into this. Throughout this entire season, what we continued to hear was the story about Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick. How it was, you know, whose legacy is greater? Who's the better, you know, who's the more contributing factor into their success? I'm here to tell you guys, I think that this is totally overplayed. Seriously. I think those two guys had a great working relationship for 19 years. And then as things do in professional sports, the time came to an end. They had to move on. Everyone keeps, what I keep hearing is people like, oh, you know, if Bill wanted Brady so bad, all he had to do was offer him a contract. Let me tell you something real quick. That ship had totally sailed. Patriots roster was not even close to being ready to compete. And the fact that you can just say, oh, Bill, you know, if if he wanted Brady, just give him another deal that wouldn't have happened. Tom was out the door. He wanted to go to a team that had been in the basement, drafting high draft picks for years, stockpiling assets, and getting ready to win, just needing him. Cole, what is your take on this? Is this story overplayed, the Bill versus Brady thing? No, I don't think it's overplayed at all. I think it, it, oh. it feeds into any argument. I'm going to completely go against what you just said. I think Tom Brady learned a lot from Belichick, but Belichick didn't learn enough from Tom. I think that's what we're looking at right now. If Belichick learned from Tom, he would have crafted the team a little bit better around him. He would have listened to him, maybe a few picks here and there. Maybe he would have adjusted the offense and what what they viewed as viable and as a, a best option go forward with. Now, I will say this about Brady. I don't think he would have any of the success if, if he didn't start with Belichick. I still think Belichick is the best coach of all time, and I think Tom Brady's the best player of all time. Now, people are, like to see that Tom Brady's having the success in Tampa Bay, but guess what? Belichick doesn't have that luxury. Belichick doesn't have the luxury of just, you know what? I'm just going to leave the Patriots right now and go to the Rams and fix uh, the situation McVay dug himself into. No, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that luxury. Tom Brady, since he's a singular asset, has that luxury. And as the Tampa Bay executive or owner, I should say, in the postgame said to Jim Nance, we wanted to write this ship and we wanted to get experience in here. And what's the best, better experience to have than the guy that knows the most. And that's Tom Brady, you know? So that's what you saw on Sunday. Even if Bill had taken his suggestions on who to take and try and build a roster like Tampa Bay, there was no way that was going to happen. They did not. I mean, you're, 
Tampa Bay had been drafting in the top five picks of the draft for like the past 10 years. And I'm, even, I'm, I'm not even saying that they needed to get those top picks, Stingo. What I am saying is that maybe every once in a while you didn't have to trade down, you know, maybe you could have held your ground. Maybe you could have traded up. Maybe it was a player that just so happened to run a four or five uh, that at like the wide receiver or linebacker position that you could have actually taken a chance on instead of this four foot nine uh, stinking five flat 40 yard dash offensive lineman that you just fell in love with over in uh, the, the Mac conference. Ty, tell me you're with me. You're able to celebrate Brady's victory separated from the fact that Belichick, you know, separated from the fact that it's him against Belichick. Can't we just celebrate Brady's victory as an accomplishment as it is? Yeah, I have to say uh, I'm on board with you, Dingo. I, I think that both Brady and Belichick were probably some of the, the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback of all time. So I, I feel like we should be able to talk about them separately. But as as you guys are discussing this, I, I couldn't help but think, what how would, have the, uh, how would have the Patriots done with the same exact roster other than Newton put in Brady? How do you guys think they, they shaped up this year? I think you would have gotten player. three more wins. I think you got the win against Seattle probably. You probably would have gotten maybe a win against. Okay, I'm not going to go on the spot here. And Buffalo. Say, yeah, win against Buffalo, but I, I and it probably win against the Texans. But I think Brady right now would have been wasted talent in the way that we 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 lost our way towards the end exactly. there. And so we, you had on. an aging roster, you know, and yeah. it's and and Dingo gets to that point. I just think that people need to realize that Belichick made Brady as an excellent player up until about 2011. Bell. And then from that point on, Tom Brady Belichick didn't flex at all and continued just to be Bill Belichick and needed to just actually learn, be malleable. All right, next question. Did you guys see this coming? Did you guys see Tampa Bay winning the Super Bowl or was this run just impressive? Forget the Brady thing for a second here, but this team, can you believe that they made this won the Super Bowl? I think it was at least my expectations going in to this season. I thought they were going to, the Buccaneers would make the playoffs. Like it's Brady, obviously they're going to do well with him, but like, as the, the playoffs kept pushing along, I was like, wow, I, I can't believe they're not out of this thing yet. Like I thought it was just like a miracle for the Buccaneers to even make the playoffs. What is it? The first time making the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl in the early 2000s, something like that. But yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really see it coming up until it actually happened. I kept thinking that the Chiefs were going to come back. You know, I thought Mahomes was going to pull something together, but it never, never ended up going that way. You know, Brady, Brady uh, got the, the good hand this time. So I'll, I'll lead it into this. Some Colin Cowherd was originally the, the, said that Tampa Bay not only had a chance at winning the Super Bowl, but was going to win the Super Bowl. And that Rick Collin was right. Rick Collin was right, which was <laughs> incredible to think of that. They had a terrible November. It was all trending downwards. And he's steadfast. He said, I still believe in Brady. And, it, and every single time, every single time we see the commentaries like always spit in Brady, just say that, like, what his accomplishments and, and all that. They just say he's going to come short. He's going to not do well. And then he just turns into the 2008 um, New York Giants and they just get hot, you know. So it's ridiculous how good that team was towards the end of the season and how it all came healthy. And then how uh, Brady just basically took Bruce Arians offense, threw it out the window and just put in the Patriots offense. And it worked. <laughs> he chucked that thing out the window. He said, we need motion offense and we need to get rid of this. Um, 
the, the yeah. five-step drop. That's a great take. I actually love that comparison to the 2008 Giants wildcard team that had to win a ton of games on the road in order to uh, even make it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they had a, uh, my question is to this guys, is this, has Tampa Bay reached their ceiling yet or are they just going to keep getting better? I think they, they still have a chance to get better. I mean, we're still not getting maximum output from Antonio Brown. When he's right, he's probably one of the best weapons in the league. Yeah, they just kind of uh, put Gronk in at silly situations. And uh, then when it came playoff times, they're really hitting him as a primary target. So I think they'll probably do that again. And you also have Godwin and you also have Mike Evans, who I think were underutilized. So I think from the offensive standpoint, it's mild for me to say this, but they're only going to trend upwards. And then from a defensive standpoint, I think they, what they did last night kind of cements them as one of the best Super Bowl defensive performances I've ever seen. Yeah, the, the defense, like going into it, you thought it was going to be a defensive Super Bowl, but it only showed up on one side. I mean, the Buccaneers defense really, like you said, they really wanted to make it known that they're one of the best defenses out there. Um, and that was obvious in the score. I mean, Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown. Like that's that's not something I don't think many people were, were thinking going into the Super Bowl Real quick, Dingo, real quick. Is, is Tampa Bay the best Super Bowl team of all time? What do you mean, just talent on the roster? Yeah, and what they beat and how they did it. Do you think that's the best Super Bowl performance of all time? No, oh, that's a great question. I don't know. I'm not prepared to answer that. If I knew all the linemen who came out on the uh, Super Bowl one for the Green Bay Packers, I might be able to answer that. <laughs> I don't know. Just kidding. That's a nod to the dog if anyone needs to, to know. But All right, so enough football talk here for now. I mean, that was a great discussion. Let's. I want to get into this, Ty. The, uh, I heard this interesting article from Fluto Shinzawa from The Athletic. He used to write for The Globe, used to be a beat writer for the Bruins. He's saying that the Bruins' defense is better now that Chara is gone. What are your eyes telling you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's that's a, a good take for, for the games we've seen so far this year. Going into the year, I thought that the defense was going to be, uh, with the news of Chara leaving, I thought the defense was going to be the weakest part for the Bruins, but it's actually been arguably the strongest part, part of their game right now. I mean, you got Lozon coming up. He played a few games last year, but he's really making his presence and getting good chemistry with McAvoy. And then you got a new guy in Zaboral coming up too. He's been playing with Miller mostly. And Miller's another guy that no one even thought he was going to be playing again. I mean, he broke two kneecaps, like, and he's coming back from that after playing almost two years uh, after going almost two years without a game in the NHL. Yeah. I, I was just going to say like the, the, uh, the defensive game of the Bruins, they're really getting everyone into it. And uh, they're, they're starting to like jump up into the the rush more. Like we see people like Carlo, he's gotten a few goals already this year. That's something I don't think we saw out of him at all so far in his career, but yeah, I think it's a lot of, a lot of exciting stuff on the back end for the Bruins this year. We'll have to look forward to following them as they continue. And Char is getting 20 minutes in, in Washington. So he must be happy with that too. So win-win, I guess. Yeah, win-win. Everybody's happy. All right, Cole, this one is for you, I think. Uh, Celtics lost last night against uh, Phoenix. They've been looking, you know, hit or miss on this West Coast road trip. What's been alarming to you in that Phoenix game? Or what have you liked in the win over the Clippers? So the win over the Clippers is a real hallmark of Brad Stevens' victory in my eyes. That was an excellent performance by Jason Tatum, first and foremost. It was a bounce-back win with Kemba Walker actually carrying the load there. 
And it was tough to see the first half. If you watch the first half of that game, it was very ugly. Celtics weren't piecing any real possessions together offensively or defensively. But the tides all turned in the second half. Carson Edwards decided he could shoot. The younger guy, uh, Rob Williams. He's been playing all right, by the yeah, way. Rob too. Williams did all right. And then you also have the other Grant Williams was doing a good job of being a semi uh, corner specialist that game. And then the wheels fell off the wagon. Indeed. Yeah, the wheels fell off the wagon against the um, Phoenix Suns. I mean, no doubt about it. Phoenix are a lot better team than people have been giving, giving them credit for. I guess it's the Chris Paul effect. But I think it was tough that Kemba Walker didn't show up that game in Phoenix. He was four for 20. The defensive woes continued, and Jason Tatum just was showing signs of fatigue. I mean, if you play him back-to-back 40 minutes, it's going to get tough like that. Yeah, and no Jalen Brown on Friday. He had a shoulder, a lot of load in that game. Yeah. Hey, real quick for you, knee-jerk reaction. Would you rather have – I'm asking every Celtics person I know this right now. Would you rather have Kemba Walker and his contract for the rest, you know, for the time, or would you rather have Terry Rozier at his contract? Interesting you posed that question, Dingo. That was an exact question I posed the people over at the Hoop Scoop. Uh, the general consensus would be Kemba Walker. You know, they, they, they thought he's the, he's, he's the better player, the better leader. Um, he's going to right the ship at some point, you know. Terry Rozier is a streaky shooter as it is. And if, let's say, you get a 24-point performance by Terry Rozier and, like, that yeah. night against the Clippers, that'd be like, oh, great. Wow. Terry Rozier stepped up. It's, it's Kemba Walker. It's like, that's what he should be doing. So I think there's that becomes a little bit convoluted. And he's only, what, well, like eight games back? All right, next question. Ty, a little MLB talk for you. Trevor Bauer just signed a massive deal with the L.A. Dodgers. Are you surprised he got that much money? I'm not surprised that he got that much money. I mean, if you look at his college teammate at, uh, what was it, um, UCLA, I think it was they went to, uh, him and Cole, they're the, yeah, Garrett Cole. Junking yeah. up the ball calling each other out big rivals <laughs> yeah great for the game too i mean you, you see them they're getting i think they're back-to-back highest paid players in the in the game right now um i think there was no question that he was going to get that much money it was just a matter of where is where is he going to end up uh he being bauer it was definitely a surprise for to to see him go to uh the dodgers i know he's from from la out there i was hoping he'd go to the angels make things a little interesting out there yeah. seems to seems to me that they always uh get the, like a big splash with uh hamilton pool holes uh those those type of guys but uh yeah power to the dodgers huge <laughs> david price is nervous about losing his spot in rotation david price doesn't Who's get nervous about anything does he get a ring by the way does he get a ring for he last does. year he didn't even play i don't know if he gets one qualifies well, or not the, the, the thing that concerns me about this, and it's not even the signing itself, it's the fact that how under the radar this was in MLB and in national news cycle as well for sports, that is. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge deal. Seriously. That's a massive deal. $40 million one year. Yeah, for not even monetary-wise, but even think of it this way. For like the, that talent acquisition by the Dodgers, if, if, if that happened in any other league, even NHL, that would just be monumental news. Tig, is it compar- comparable to Kevin Durant to the Warriors? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's <laughs> I think it's there are definitely some comparisons there. You see, um, like when when the Warriors won, they when they booted out uh, the Thunder, they KD signed up there shortly after, and the free agency hit. Um, I think the only thing that would have made this a little different is if uh, the Dodgers knocked Bauer out in the playoffs, but 
that was not the case this year. You didn't see the Reds going too far. I mean, Bauer and uh, Kevin Durant both love to use Twitter to troll people. So, yes, that that's another good good take there, Cole. I didn't think of that, but right on the nose there. <laughs> if only Bauer got to wine and dine with Kelly Olenek, that would have been yeah. <laughs> that's the real selling squad. Him, Tom Brady, and uh, the five foot nine guy that's been out the league since. Is there Tom? In common. Yeah. Tom Brady has good hair. <laughs> yeah. all right so that does it with the uh the dingo show rapid fire around the horn here uh that was a lot of fun guys and as always we have joining us now a special guest from dorchester mr sully hello sir hey dingo how are you doing here hey i'm doing all right sully first of all i gotta say happy truck day to you here it is february 8th today was truck day Spring bus heads down to fort myers Oh, you already know it. You can't hear me going now. How's so, it going, Dingo? For you as wait, wait, wait. Before, who... before we leave the, the truck day, I have something for him as it pertains to truck day. All right. So I'm just going to uh, list off a few stats um, for those who, uh, for the love of the truck crowd, hashtag for the love of the truck. Uh, let me run through some stats here. So it's going down to the fort. That's what they call it, the fort down in blue, um, JetBlue Park. We've mm-hmm. got two... Uh, over 20,000 baseballs, 1,100 bats, 200 batting gloves, 200 helmets, 160 jerseys, 300 pairs of pants, 400 t-shirts, 400 pairs of socks, 20 cases of bubble gum, and 60 cases of sunflower seeds. All that supplies, but no one on their starting pitching staff that, that you could even name right now. Nope. No, you can't name nobody. And, uh, Cole, you forgot to mention the uh, two and a half tons a skull to bring him down there. Uh, one and a half being from yours truly. That little donation from Sully. Yep. Least I can do for the boys. Sully, speaking of uh, New England teams here and teams like the Red Sox with a history and championship heritage, uh, I've been hearing a lot about Tampa Bay trying to call themselves Champa Bay uh, because they had the Tampa Bay Lightning obviously winning the Stanley Cup. They had the Tampa Bay Rays, who should have won the World Series, but didn't. <laughs> they tried also, their best. <laughs> then you also have, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who just won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, is it fair for them to start calling themselves Tampa Bay, or what do they have to do? Let me tell you this, Stingo. They got to do a lot to, uh, to to start calling themselves Champa Bay. I mean, they're already doing it, so uh, I'm not going to stop them. But there's just there's just there's no meaning to it. You know, it doesn't hold. You know, they they got they got the uh, Stanley Cup. Good for them. The Lightning, great team. The Bucks, great team. But that's only two. If they got the uh, Tampa Bay Rays to win it to get the uh, three peat this year, then I think we can start talking Champa Bay. But uh, well, number one, they got to come up with a better name first because Champ Bay, I mean, that, that's not very catchy. I mean, they just changed out two letters. I mean, come on, Tampa Bay, Champa Bay, they can do better than that. They got to get their PR guys, their marketing guys down there. They got to do better. They got to do better. Uh, Sully, I got a question for you here as it pertains to the Boston Bruins. The, the past two games have been canceled um, against the Buffalo Sabres due to the COVID Mm-hmm. If, if you were on the Bruins right now, what do you think is the biggest need they need to address? Uh, biggest need is more games, I think. You know, when we're waiting around one one week 
because these guys can't wear a mask, you know? You look at Tuka Rask, he wears a mask every game, you know? He's back there between the pipes, you know? These guys, you know, your, your Buffalo Sabres, now your New Jersey Devils. Last week it was the Minnesota Wild. Why can't they just wear masks, you know? Do you think it's the lack of cohesion you're saying, the fact that this team hasn't just played many games together, that that's what they need most is just the reps? Yeah, you know, it's just like Sully hitting up the gym. The only thing that's going to get you get you, get you you going is more reps. High weight – no, 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 sorry. Low weight, high reps. You need, no, you no, need the reps. You're, you're right the first time. High weight, high reps. You're, you're just doing 405 on the bench for reps. Yes. You know, I mean, have you guys are just lucky this is a Zoom call and you're not seeing Sully in full person. You know, he's been bulking up this winter. I'll tell you that. Between that and my Dunkin' Ice and and the chocolate crawlers in the morning, those are getting me over the edge right now. <laughs> Man, well, hey, Sully, I, I, we that's, appreciate That's true. I've never seen someone squat over 500 pounds with chew in their mouth. That's impressive. Hey, I wasn't I wasn't lying when I told you about truck day, now was I, huh? Ah, uh, man, I, <laughs> I'll never forget that one time Sully and I went down to the South Shore YMCA and uh, mid mid back squat, you started choking on the skull there. Yeah, I think that was the uh, the same game Dingo uh, posterized a couple middle schools, if I do remember correctly. Yep, they still don't allow us on that court to this day. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Unfortunate, but true nonetheless. Just another hey. YMCA that's fallen victim to Sully's egregious chewing habits. <laughs> what can I say? COVID nineteen, you know. So this could have been he could have been spawning like something, some other virus. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, appreciate you having having you on, Sully, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Hey, uh, great being on as always, Colin Dingo. Uh, go bees, kid. <laughs>